Welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I'm Lucy McMonaco. I am the host, and I am on a movement to create this world a better place. If you are listening to this, please make sure that you share this episode with your friends, your family, and your tribe, because together as a collaborative, we can all do our part to create conscious wealth, create conscious communities, and to make this world a better place. Stay tuned for our next featured guest. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Wealthy Wednesday Show. This is your host, Lucy McMonagle. And today I have Michael Davis. I'm so excited because he is on a sacred mission to grow your business more quickly with less effort. He does this by teaching you speaking in, get this, storytelling skills. If you're listening to this, grab a pen and grab a paper because you know that storytelling will definitely get your business to grow the fastest because facts tell but stories sell. So Michael, welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. Thank you so much, Lucy. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. You are phenomenal at creating and delivering presentations, building trust, Mm -hmm. connections with potential and prospective clients that also make you stand out. Can you tell us a little bit on how do you utilize storytelling to make you stand out and Is there a formula that individuals can use to bring this to the forefront so that people know what they're bringing into the world? Well, sure. Let's start with your social or networking events. Uh, Let's just a little role play for a moment. What usually happens at a networking event? I meet you and I say, hi, Lucy, what do you do? And typically, what do people say? I coach people or I work for ABC or I'm a TV show host. Right. So they tell you, uh, they'll tell you their name, their title and their job function. And this is the hard truth. And I'm a big fan of being respectful, but also reality based and that most people don't care about any of that until they know how you can help them. Yes. Yes, I know social events, people are making nice, but let's face it, everybody's busy. And when they're at these events, they, they, they have this back, the question in the back of their mind, what can you do for me? So rather than give our names or our titles up front, uh, and I learned this not long ago, and I wish I could remember who the author was, but he said, don't answer the question, turn it around and say, well, rather than tell you what I do, how about I tell you what problem I solve? Whoa. That's a yeah, pattern. Interruption. Yeah. It interrupts people's patterns. Cause when yeah. we're at these events, right, we're all ready to answer the same question we hear every single time. Mm-hmm. Do, or when people say what they do, you make small talk and it typically goes nowhere. So instead of turn it around. And when I do that with people, you can physically see them stop and say, mm, that's an interesting point. Okay. What, what problem do you solve? You've just taken control of the conversation. And then you could say something like, in my case, because I do presentation skills and storytelling coaching, I said, well, you know how most people who have to stand up in front of a group struggle with that? And I wait for them to respond. And they'll say, yeah, typically they'll say, yeah, I do. And you know how that can cause a lot of anxiety, fear, stress? And they'll say, yeah. I said, well, I fixed that. (sighs) Really? How do you do that? I haven't told them anything. 
but I've given them some, I've created curiosity so they can ask the questions. Mm. It's a simple formula. It's, you know how, and then you fill in a, a problem that you address with the work you do. You know, people struggle to give presentations or they want to sell more or they're, they're not getting their point across, whatever it is, and wait for the other person to answer. And they'll always say yes. And then drive it a little deeper with a follow-up question. That creates a lot of fill in the negative emotion that creates stress, anxiety, fear. And they're going to say, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Well, then you can say, I fixed that or I solved that problem. Oh, now, wow. If what yeah. you, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm already starting, my mind's already going. It's like, oh my gosh, I want to take notes, but I'll take notes after the show. <laughs> You're recording this. I know this is good. <laughs> this is really good. This is, in, in all of the almost four years that I've been creating the Wealthy Wednesday show, these tips on storytelling, including all of the storytelling trainings that I have done, this, these nuggets are faster and better than what I've ever been trained. So I hope the individuals have a pen and paper and they push rewind and pay, replay that. <laughs> and it, it, I haven't told you a story yet, but in a sense I have. It's a different kind of story. I'm painting a picture of a common problem that many people have, but I'm, I'm creating the story. I'm, I'm, I'm asking about, do you know how people in this situation feel this way? Great. Well, I can fix that for you. And then when they say, how do you do that? They've in essence just opened up the door for a conversation that's meaningful. Wow. And if you're at a networking meeting, obviously you want to network with more than just a few people or just a couple of people. Do you invite them to have a conversation at that point or is that too premature? What, what's the next step? Well, I'll try to tell a very quick story. I might say, for example, uh, so if you and I just had that conversation, you said, well, what do you mean you fixed that? I would say, well, I'll give you an example. My, one of my early clients, Patty, when I first met her, she was stressed to the max because she had to give this speech and it was causing her literally to feel sick to her stomach, to be afraid. And she was an experienced speaker, but there were a lot, there was a lot at stake for this talk. And if she blew it, it was going to be a big problem for her foundation. We'll jump ahead 11 months, she gives the talk. She not only gets a standing ovation, she gets people donating money and time to her foundation on the spot. And she was so excited. She came up to me and said, I can't wait to do this again. She wow. had a huge change in that time frame because she got coaching. She put in a lot of time, work, effort, uh, and it was worth it to her. So she had a dramatic change that put dollars in her pocket and her foundation's pocket. That's really powerful. In in giving an example of somebody you've already worked with and their before and after is exquisite because it explains more of what you're solving and how you do it. So you also have some type of a seven keys to meaningful and memorable stories. Can you yes. tell us, can you just dissect the story that you just told us and kind of give us the seven keys so that we understand that? 
Yeah. Now, in that example, I didn't use too many of the seven keys because all I'm trying to do in a networking or social event is keep the interest going. Now, after that quick uh, client story, which her name's Patty, I'll, uh, people usually give me some kind of feedback. And if they're at all interested, they'll give me the sense, wow, how, do you, how did she do that? What type of work did you do together, et cetera? And at that point, I'll say, look, we're at a networking and social event. I'm happy to talk to you about this in, in more in greater detail or at length, but I don't want to dominate your time. Why don't we get something on the calendar and let's grab a coffee? Perfect. And one of two things happens. A lot of times they'll just, you know, we whip out our phones now. That's how we schedule events. Or they may be a little reluctant and say, can you tell me more? Then I'll go in depth on the story and turn it into maybe a three to four minute story. And then I incorporate the seven C's. I call them the seven C's, the sensational storytelling. Each one begins with the letter C. Uh, and I, I'll give this for your, for your viewers. Number one is you have to talk about a character who's relatable. Second is circumstances that are also relatable. So in Patty's case, she's someone who had to give a speech and it was stressing her out and there was a lot at stake. That's fairly relatable to most people. The third C is conflict. Every good story has to have conflict. And something I learned from a Hollywood scriptwriting consultant who has been become a mentor of mine is there are two types of, of conflict. One is the external conflict. In this case, it's Patty having to give a speech. There's a lot at stake. I mean, her, her foundation could either make a lot of money or not get anything based on her performance. That's an external conflict. The internal was trying to help boost her confidence, her feelings of fear, getting, you know, getting rid of those so that she knew she could give a good talk that would get the results she wanted. That's the, in, the internal conflict is what people relate to the most. Not everybody runs a foundation. And in this story, when in the longer version, Patty's a very successful financially. She's in very good shape. So I had to make her relatable to people who aren't wealthy. Her fear, her anxiety over the speech is very relatable. So now she became just like you or me. Mm -hmm. The fourth C is what we call the cure scene. Cure, C-U-R-E. That's where the problem is resolved. And that's implied in this story that she got coaching, she got help, she did the work to become a better speaker. And that leads to the fifth, which I hesitate to say one C is more important than the other, but without this next one, nobody cares about the story and that's change. Any good story has to have transformation. So you said it best, Lucy, when you talked about the before and after. The before is somebody who's in what I call distress, some kind of pain, difficulty, um, some situation that they don't want to be in. And the after is a new way of living, thinking, feeling, or acting. The implied bridge between the two is the service or product that you're bringing to the table. But we have to show them feeling better, living better, being happy, whatever it is. That's the change. The sixth C is the carry out message. Mm -hmm. Now, what I don't get to in the shorter version that I do in the longer version of the story is Patty at one point says at that event, when I'm talking with her, she said, boy, you weren't kidding. Stories really do sell. 
that's my whole message. Stories yes. will sell your, your product, service, or idea. And then in the, the seventh C, which brings more life to a story, again, you don't hear it in a shorter version, is conversations. That's the dialogue between characters. So I can tell the shorter version where I say this woman was really stressed out. She had to give this speech. That's what we call reporter mode. What's more powerful is when I show the scene where she approaches me at an event and says, Michael, I understand you're a speech coach. I need your help. Really? What's going on, Patty? Oh, I've got to give this speech and it is making me sick to my stomach. I can't believe I agreed to do it. It's, it's just awful. See the difference? Yes. Her saying it, you can feel it. Me reporting it, it's like, yeah, okay, that's interesting, but it doesn't bring it to life like conversation does. So that's a crash course on the seven C's. And the more of those elements you can put in, the more meaningful and impactful your story will be. That is really, really powerful and impactful. And there's a lot of individuals that do public speaking. And like Patty, they have anxiety if there's a high enough stake mm-hmm. for doing the public speaking. And I've noticed in, in my career that when, when I'm speaking for a small network group where there's not a lot at stake, I really don't expect to be talking to a lot of people, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm easy. But then when, I, when I'm invited to do a bigger conversation, with a larger audience, if there's more at stake, that's when my anxiety starts rising. Yes. So uh, like a lot of individuals, like public speakers or other individuals, if there's big enough stakes, that's when you really start getting nervous. And if you're not nervous, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's just not a big enough stake speaking gig for you. That's a very good point. And, and, and for your, your viewers who are uh, nervous or afraid of speaking in general, just the thought of standing in front of any group scares them. Mm. I think it's important for them to know this. You are not strange or weird or different <laughs> because a lot of people feel that way. And I didn't understand that for several years when I started speaking. I had an incident when I was six years old that really scared me from standing in front of groups And it wasn't until my job was threatened that I was forced to deal with this issue. I've also heard for years of this magical list that says that speaking is the scariest thing out there. I've never seen the list, but I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. I read a book a few years ago that changed my perspective on this. It's called Confessions of a Public Speaker. Really good book about public speaking. And the author, Scott Birkin, points out that our earliest ancestors, long before we had technology or weapons or anything, we we had to stay in packs to survive. That's true. The individual who got separated from the pack ended up alone, without a weapon, out in the open, with all these eyes looking at him or her predators. What is public speaking? You're alone? without a weapon, out in the open, with all these eyes looking at you. Yes, that's true. Our primitive brain is telling us that those eyes want to eat us. Okay, Mm -hmm. not true. And our higher brain has to come in and say, wait a minute, no, 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 they're not predators. It's natural to be afraid of speaking because it's, we're kind of coded that way. 
Sure. Now we, we have to, and what I did is I discovered Toastmasters back in 1994 and learned that through repetition that no, they're not there to consume you. <laughs> they want you to do well because they're, they're too busy to watch you fail. Just know that people don't want you to do badly when you speak. Their time is too precious for you to crash and burn. That's true. But your, your primitive brain is telling you that it's not true. Mm, I agree with that. And, and how, as entrepreneurs, can we actually utilize public speaking to grow our business? Every opportunity you can get in front of groups and speak. Uh, I've been around the sales industry for 35 years. I was a financial advisor for 30 years. Personal preference, I'd rather stand in front of a group of 25 or 50 business people, give a presentation about what I do, and let them decide right then and there if they want to meet with me further. Rather than have 25 or 50 one-on-ones, which are extremely time-consuming, Mm-hmm. And if if ninety percent of them don't want to meet with you, then yeah, I know you made a contact, but look, we're busy. We need to spend our time as efficiently as possible. And I'm biased because of what I do, but I believe public speaking is your number one marketing tool. Absolutely, that I do agree with. It is the one number one marketing tool, provided you do it properly. Yes, that's and and that's really the key. And you can you can do public speaking. When I first started my public speaking career, I was an educator. Mm-hmm. I educated. I didn't yeah. do public speaking. I gave assignments and and I gave content and I I like inundated them with so much information that they were glossy eyed by the time I was done with my first talk. <laughs> it was yeah. a workshop. <laughs> and, and since then, I've learned storytelling, and I've learned how to measure it so that the individuals don't get too much overwhelm from my talk, because they want what you do good, but they also want to get benefit, yes, not sir. come out stressed out all of a sudden looking at this list of things, oh my gosh, I got to do this, 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 this. Yeah. So it's, that is the key. And can you, you know, we, we, we speak about the key. Our time is, is almost up. Mm-hmm. And I want it to have individuals, if they want to take the conversation more with you, if they want to learn more about your techniques, the seven C's and how you can empower them to do positive, impactful speaking, how do they get a hold of you? And do you have a free gift for them? Absolutely. They can contact me at Mike at speakingcpr.com or they can uh, visit my website, speakingcpr.com. And if you, if you send me an email, I'll send you out a free report. It's called, are you committing the seven deadly storytelling sins? And it talks in, it's kind of a reverse view of the seven C's, but it'll help you avoid some of the most common problems and mistakes that people make when telling business storytelling, uh, telling business stories. Well, so that's speaking, S-P-E-A-K-I-N-G-C-P-R.com. Yes. Yep. Oh, it. I love that. Speakingcpr.com. <laughs> and they can get a hold of you at, at Michael or Mike. My- Mike at speaking M-I-K-E yes. at speakingcpr.com. Correct. And I'd be happy to talk with them about their business storytelling or their pre- uh, overall presentations. More than happy to talk with them. Wow. 
Michael, this has been absolutely phenomenal, and I appreciate you being on the Wealthy Wednesday show. Is there one last nugget you'd like to give before we say our farewells? Absolutely. It has to do with what you said before. Most speakers have a problem of overwhelming their audiences. So here's a rule of thumb that can help. For every 10 minutes of speaking time, give one point. And you can support that point with a story, with a statistic, with a vignette, with uh, research, whatever it is. But don't give more than one point for 10 minutes and your audience won't walk out feeling stuffed. Oh, beautiful nugget. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Thank you. So until next time. I really appreciate you being on the Wealthy Wednesday show. I definitely would like to have you come back with some other of the shows that I produce and have you really meet my audience who would like to grow their business and be able to tell efficient and effective stories that are interesting. I'll be happy to just let me know when and I'll be there. Fabulous. And for my audience, I want to thank you for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday show. Every single week I have an incredible guest. This guest, Michael, has been phenomenal. You have gotten tips on the seven C's. You've been able to start really looking at how you can create a presentation without overwhelming your clients, how to build a story properly so it's interesting, and also how you can grow your business with public speaking. So make sure you get a hold of Michael if you're interested in growing your business. I'm positive he can help you. So until next week, abundant blessings. Are you ready to change your money flow? Would you like to get beyond the six figures that you keep bumping up against? Well, let me tell you, my book, Magical Money Manifestations, is going to help you create money manifestations on autopilot so that you will have more money, more freedom, and more joy in your life. Go to MagicalMoneyManifestations.com to find out more information. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I'm your host, Lucy McMonagle, and I'd really appreciate it if you would share this with your friends, your family, your tribe, And let other people know that the Wealthy Wednesday Show is creating a movement to make this world a better place. And we rely on you to get the word out so that we can create mass influence. So until next time, abundant blessings.